Welcome to our time of devotion on this day after Thanksgiving. I hope you had the opportunity to eat some good food and to connect with some people you love, as well as perhaps with some new friends. However you spent the day, my hope and prayer is that as gratitude flowed from your heart, you sensed God's presence with you. Our scripture passage for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 10 through 20. Hear now the word of God. Take care that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you, in heaven, their angels continually to see the face of my father in heaven. What do you think? If a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go in search for the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 that never went astray. So it is not the will of your father in heaven that one of these little ones should be lost. If your brother or sister sins against you, go and point out the fault with the, when the two of you are alone. If you are listened to, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If that person refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, open our hearts and minds to the word just read and the words to come, that we might be transformed more and more into the image of your Son, the Word made flesh, Jesus the Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. So there's a very familiar part of this passage that should come across as comfort, but I wonder if sometimes it feels a little like a warning for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. On one hand, I love this promise that Jesus is among us, even when there are only two of us gathered together, the Spirit is not only working in us, but also among us and in between us. On the other hand, we were just giving, given a prescriptive in how to handle conflict in the church. Conflict is hard. Dealing with conflict in a healthy way can be even harder. And by the way, whenever two or more of you are gathered, Jesus is right there with you, even in the conflict. I honestly don't believe that this promise is meant to feel like a threat. Jesus is there watching you to make sure you do this in the right way. But imagining Jesus' presence does make me want to watch what I say and how I say it. 
It turns out this entire passage is speaking to the active and vigilant care for each individual by the Good Shepherd and the deep desire for reconciliation within the community. So our words, our tone, our body language, and our actions in every single encounter matters. Jesus begins this passage by saying, in effect, that a good shepherd cares so much about each and every little sheep that he'll leave 99 to fend for themselves so he can find the one little stray. This is great news if you're the one who has wandered off. It seems like a risky move for the shepherd, but it proves to us just how important each one of us is to Jesus. It breaks God's heart to have even one lost sheep. This story is followed by a, is followed up with a little lesson in conflict management for members of a Christian community. Most of us do not like conflict. We would rather sweep it under the rug, push it down, ignore it, or complain to someone else about it rather than to speak directly to the person with whom we have disagreement. My spiritual director recently reminded me that unless we learn offense and repair, no relationship will survive. Conflict is inevitable. We are going to offend each other from time to time. It's the nature of being human. So what happens when we've gone astray in our words or actions? Does anyone care enough to reach out and help us to be received back into the fold? Do we have the courage to have a conversation with someone who has gotten out of alignment? Maybe a more poignant question to consider is this. Do we have the humility to accept feedback from a brother or sister? So much of the success in conflict resolution is born out of relationship and the motivation of those who are doing the confronting. I know we each have to check our own heart before we ever engage with someone and to wonder with God, are we seeking to understand and to love and to restore the person to ourselves and the community? Or have our hurt feelings or judgment clouded our motivation? If we are confronting someone with both guns blazing, hoping to teach them a lesson from up on our high horse with words of shame, ridicule, and contempt, we are way off base of what Jesus is talking about. The goal, according to Jesus, is restoration and reconciliation fueled by love and understanding. This reminds me of the work that Padre Gotuma did as a leader of the Corimila community of Northern Ireland, which helped to bring peace to this area after generations of violence. Otuma said, in Corimila, we talk about living well together, that that is the vision we have, to live well together. That doesn't mean to agree. That doesn't mean that everything will be perfect. It means to say that in the context of imperfection and difficulty, we can find the capacity and the skill, as well as the generosity and courtesy to live well together. We are blessed with a beautiful faith family at Church of the Palms. 
I think we do a fairly decent job of treating one another with care and compassion. Imagine, though, if we were all striving to be less assertive and more humble, recognizing that we are more likely to find Jesus amid acts of humility than assertiveness. What if we were to assess our words, our actions, and how we spend our time according to this simple question? Does this build up the body of Christ and nurture Christian relationships or not? I can imagine this would mean giving others the benefit of the doubt, having curiosity, asking good questions, actively encouraging civil conversation, and for each of us, each of us to always be a place of welcome and forgiveness. When we heal our divisions and come together, God is powerfully at work and nothing is impossible. Jesus promises that when we are about this work, That is, when we come together as a community to address our differences, resolve our disputes, seeking to end conflict and repairing relationships, Jesus is there, always, always supporting, encouraging, and blessing our efforts. We are not alone, and that is why we do the harder work of reconciliation. We are not alone. And that is why we never give up on each other. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, help us to be instruments of your peace and love. May our minds be open and our hearts softened to encounter one another with curiosity, understanding, and a love that comes because you are with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.